Hey, Christine. Hey, Selena. How are you? I am good. Okay. Yeah. Question. Question. Yeah. It is stupid daylight savings. Yeah. We changed the clocks this week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Apple changed the clocks this week. Yeah, well, that's true. Because <laughs> I certainly didn't do it. Um, how do you feel about this? Okay. I have strong feelings. Hate it. And then my son got me really excited the other day because he was like, daylight savings as of next year is no longer a thing. It's not true. He was convinced. People of this. keep saying this, and it's not actually true. For one second, though, I was like, please, please tell me this is true because I really do hate it. Yeah. Cassie had a teacher tell her that. And I'm like, you need to go tell no your way. teacher that I'm really sorry, but she's wrong. Oh my I mean, yes, it is up for it's vote. It's no, forever. Exactly. This is not new. No. I don't think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. I sure wish it would. Me too. I am like ready for bed at like eight o'clock. I met a friend for coffee this week at four o'clock. I was leaving Starbucks at like 5.30, quarter to six. And I had just missed the sunset. Oh my gosh. Yeah. At 5.30, quarter to six. I don't like it. That is stupid. And I've done a couple of things this week where it's, I see how I've, you know, I've been working a lot this week. And so I look outside and I see the sun and I see how beautiful it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. When I get done all this stuff, I'm going to go for a walk. Oh yeah, no, you can't. And then it's dark. Yeah, no, you and can't. I'm so mad. And I just said I had a conversation with myself this morning. I was like, when you have the feeling like it's time to go for a walk, don't wait. Walk outside. Go for a walk. Yeah. And now it's like we've got this hurricane weather here with this oh, I know. rain and stupid all of that, which then makes me even more tired. So it's like, bah. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. We actually went for walks this week. Um, the days that Frank worked from home mm-hmm. over his lunch break. Nice. We took the dogs, went and walked for half an hour, awesome. came home. I mean, it sucks that we can't walk at night, but as women, we just can't walk at night. No. We can't. Mm-hmm. It's not even an option. No. Really no. stupid that we live in a world where women can't walk alone at night, yeah. but that yeah. is the reality. Yes. So yeah, we walked at lunchtime. It's fine. Very Whatever. Cool. Can I tell you though? Okay. So I'm trying not to rage against it. Okay. Because I typically rage against daily savings okay. and winter in general. And I'm trying not to. And here's what I'm trying to like adopt as a, I don't know, as a feeling about it. I'm trying to use it to let myself off the hook. Do you know how I feel in the summer? Like it's, it's bright and sunny and I feel like I have to squeeze like every last drop out of the day Yeah, of life out of the day. Like I got to go, I got to do everything. I got to get outside. I got to do whatever. Right. So I'm trying to let it being darker early, let myself off the hook with that. Hmm. Like it's okay to settle in. It's okay to read more. It's okay to, I don't have to go, go, go during this time hmm. and just kind of go with the season instead of trying to fight against it which I don't do well, hear me. I, I don't, but yeah. I'm trying. You know, that is a really good point. Jim and I were talking about this the other day. I am actually trying to adopt that in every aspect of my right? life. Right? It's really hard to do. Yeah. 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 That's a good one though. I, I need to think about that a little bit. That's a good challenge because I I find myself, yesterday I talked to, I was interviewing two people and they were in Florida. Ugh, and I was finding myself even with the hurricanes by the way I loved hurricanes when I was younger yeah. in Florida and so I know I'm weird but um and they both said the same thing they did too yeah um and still kind of do I love a good thunderstorm yeah 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 so um 
Uh, but I found myself being like, yes, I hate it here. It's winter. I hate the snow. I love to look at it. I just don't want to right. live in it. Like I want to visit it. I don't want to live in it anymore. Mm. But yeah. So I'm just popping more vitamin D. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important this time of year. Actually, I noticed one year, a couple of years ago, um, Cassie, my daughter kept getting sick like every two, three weeks, mm. she would have another cold and another cold and yeah. another cold, like from, I want to say November through the holidays. It was like every three weeks she mm -hmm. had something. And my brother, who's got all the smarticles said <laughs> to me, is she getting enough vitamin D? And I thought about it. Thought, She's at school from seven 30 in the morning, this time of year till five 36, sometimes seven, seven 30 at night, yeah. because she goes straight through for rehearsals after school. So she's literally getting zero sunlight. Yeah. Zero sunlight. And we started her on vitamin D supplements and I'll be darned if she didn't stop getting sick. It really does make a difference. I yeah. take vitamin D every day. I take zinc. I take vitamin C. I take a whole bunch of other things too. But um, those are the, yeah, I think this time of year, it's so, so important. And so many people are affected by SAD, right? Oh yeah. Seasonal so affective disorder. Yeah. So what's the other D? Is it two Ds? Or no, it's just one. one. Oh, okay. Um, but so many people are affected by that and they don't even realize it. Yeah. And so one of the first things interesting when Jim and I started to go to counseling years ago, marriage counseling, the first thing the counselor told, said to Jim was, how about you start taking some vitamin D? Mm. Yeah. It was very interesting. Wow. Yeah. And, and come to find out Jim does is very much affected by the change of seasons yeah. and by winter and the lack of vitamin D. So it's something that he regularly takes. But yeah. Yeah. So if you're feeling the blues, take some vitamin D, take some vitamin D and yeah. And if you are local, go to Kimberton Whole Foods and get it. I was just there today for their grand opening. Yeah. I was there this week. I was love it there. Yeah, I love it. I want to. Oh, really? Yeah. What? What's that? Come I up? do. I want to love it. It's healthy food. It's all healthy food. It's not Trader Joe's. That's why. Oh, I know. No, that's not it actually. No, it's just really expensive, to be honest with you. Some things are. No, ma'am. All things are. I just we, went with Jason the other day who shops at like Lidl and he's a bargain shopper. And he was like, actually, these prices aren't as high as I thought they were. Okay. We left with two grocery bags, two. Uh-huh. Not giant ones. Yeah. Just two grocery bags. And it was $120. Yeah. And we don't buy meat. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they have the best salmon in the whole wide world. Do they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Anyway, I love I, it's it. lovely. And you got really I love the things that are on sale too. Like, because whole food, good food mm -hmm. is expensive. Oh, yeah. So, it is. So then I just look for like what's on sale. And okay, I don't need to make that this week if it's not on sale. And not that yeah. I buy everything that's on sale, but I try. So, yeah. 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 But no, it is a lovely store. It, it really is. is. It's beautiful. It's four and... times the size of the one I was going to. Oh, really? Like, in Douglasville? Douglasville? Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. Nice. Well, good. And the people are so wonderful. They were like, so nice. They actually. offered yes. to take my groceries out to my car today. Oh, really? Who does that anymore? Tennessee. They do that in yeah, Tennessee. It's true. It weirded me out the first time I bought groceries there. And I'm like, <laughs> why? What are you doing? Yeah. What? Get away from they me. They're over the top. <laughs> I tried to. We got stuff at the cafe the other day. I tried to tip them. They were like, no, we don't take tips. We pay our staff really well. And oh, we just don't do that. that's we lovely. Love, we love to serve you. And yeah. I was like, take my money. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There are supporting things like that 
can help me overlook the expense yes. of some things because I will do that from time to time. And do you notice they they have like every week they pick a different cause and you can round up local. Not only that, a local, that, cause. A local yes. cause, which was really kind of cool. Yes. yes, and we did so that. So you can round up your, you know, and you can add on like depending on they they had one. Uh, it was for oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. The human trafficking free mm. organization a couple of weeks ago, and instead of just rounding up to whatever, I was like, can I give you? A donation and they were like oh my gosh yes thank you so I love that it's, yeah they're so thoughtful that way and going back to the food thing I met this guy who owns this company and had samples there today because this weekend is their grand opening and so it's oatnog do you know what Frank I saw it. that Frank loves eggnog but he can't it's like have it. well no eggs no dairy it's made with oat milk it's called I know oatnog and it is unbelievable i pointed it out to him at trader joe's the other day when he and i were there and his i think his exact words were oh that's dangerous <laughs> yeah well he, he would drink it till the cows yeah. came home he loves it it's so but so yeah good i'd I like to make london fogs with eggnog this time of year yeah i can't oh. can i tell you what's happening inside me right now what my soft palate in my mouth oh, is barking. I can't. I hate eggnog, but I'll I'm tell you sure. why. It's no. So it's one of these weird association things from when I was a kid. Okay. So when I was a kid, there was this one Christmas where a bunch of my family members were sick. Like my stepdad was super sick and he couldn't be around at all. All of us at all that Christmas, which broke no one's heart. And <laughs> not my current stepdad, my stepdad at the time, I should clarify, I should clarify. Um, but anyway, so Christmas night, I was at my grandmother's house and we had, she had this like amber, like cut glass glasses from like the seventies that were so popular. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really see like what's in them. And I went to grab oh. my drink uh -huh. that was on the table and take a sip. And I, what I grabbed was not my drink uh -huh. and I got a mouthful of eggnog. Now it wasn't alcoholic eggnog or anything like that, but even just tell it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm starting to gag. And I got a mouthful of egg. <laughs> starting to gag. It's no. not terrible. So I have the worst gag reflex. So okay, it shocked me. Like I wasn't yeah. expecting it. Did you all. regret that decision? Oh, we will get there. I surely did. Well, so then later that night, after the festivities are over, middle of the night, I wake up and now I've got the stomach bug that was going around the rest of my family. So now I'm vomiting oh. all night. And what am I vomiting? Eggnog. Egg and so in my brain, yeah. my brain made a very quick mm -hmm. connection, which is what our limbic brain does yeah. our core brain to protect us mm -hmm. right don't it says that again. that's poison yeah don't ever have that again yes. and so I can't you see it I can't even talk about it that without me with with do you remember I don't even know I've not seen them in forever but do you remember there were multicolored Swedish fish no my dad had this thing where when we were with him every like <laughs> Like, for example, we would go to the movies and he would say, okay, you know what we're going to do now? And he did this with my boys too. He would say, we're going to eat candy until we throw up. Oh, that's right? awful. Like he just would, like, he loved sweets. Love, 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 love sweets. So we go to the movies this one night. I get this big bucket of multicolored Swedish fish and I am eating them, eating them, eating them throughout the entire movie. 
I threw up. Oh no. So now when I see Swedish fish and I'm just like, I could the same. It happens. Yeah, I yeah. can't. Interesting. I can't. Yeah. My I have, a, unfortunately I have a couple of those associations that are completely irrational, but it doesn't matter. My body just will not let me consume these things or eat at these particular places. And it mm -hmm. frustrates the hell out of Frank. Mm -hmm. He's like, like no, why, why can we not go there? I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just, I can't. Our brains are so fascinating. We, it's constantly trying to protect us. Yes. It's just trying to protect us. Yeah. At all times. It's amazing. That's a great segue into what we're it talking It really about. is. Cause today we're going to talk about regrets. regrets. And here's what's so funny. So up until the last maybe month or two, when I started learning more about this and this new book that's out, The Power of Regret by Daniel Pink, I had heard him on another podcast. And it's so interesting because I've always associated regret with like, you shouldn't waste time on regrets. Yeah. Like Hashtag don't even go there. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Whatever. Right? So, so dumb. It, yes and no. Yes and no. Because up until that, up until I, I spent more time delving into this, I really don't think about regrets very often because yeah. my thought process is I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so why would I spend time thinking about it? Mm. That's just torturing me and it doesn't help anything. Interesting. Yeah. Do you still agree with that? I, to an extent, huh. I, I now see a use for regret, uh -huh. which we're obviously going to get into. Um, but I do think that there is a line. Yeah, there is a line. I think dwelling without action for sure is damaging. Absolutely. Is damaging. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, so I don't actually have, I'm sure I have regrets, Yeah, I had but to, I don't think about them. I so I don't know. Really, really. Cause I knew we were talking about this today. I had to really, really, really think about regrets because and again again being a seven on the enneagram oh like, yeah you're running from them you're I straight up pain. running from I'm them. like I don't have regrets what are you talking about regrets I'm not talking about regrets I'm out but I really really I spent a lot of time thinking about okay look back on your life and like really go back and dig deep about the, some decisions that you have made mm -hmm. that you are that you regret yeah right um things you have done things you have said I, I think my, instantly I went to, well, I don't have regrets because I've adopted the idea that a mistake isn't a mistake unless you don't learn from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm just trying to decide if I agree. But so I've ahead. made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I don't look at them as mistakes anymore. I look at them as, wow, those were, I learned a lot from doing those things mm -hmm. or saying those things and causing pain or, you know, to others sure. or to myself. And so- um, and I think that that inst was instantly, that is instantly where I go to like, um, I don't have regrets because I've learned, but then I, but that's not true. I actually do have regrets. Yeah. And that's um, why you were able to learn from it. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. And so like, I, here's an example. When I was in fourth grade. I think I've told you this before, but when I was in fourth grade, I loved cheerleaders. I, I just thought it would be so cool to be in that cheerleading club. Fourth grade, right? Yeah. Um, I went to a small private Catholic school in Florida and cheerleading tryouts were happening. I had such a low, remember I grew up 
hearing my stepfather say, sure. you're a stupid, ugly redhead. You'll never do anything right. So that was like planted in my head starting at age four years old. Now I'm in fourth grade, try out for cheerleading. And I was like, I had to talk myself into it. Mm. Well, I get into the room and I see these teenagers sitting at a table and I have to walk in, stand in front of them, do a cheer mm-hmm. for the audition. And I watched people go before me and I could see them and they did really, really well. And I get up, it's my turn now. And I'm like, I could feel it. Like I just wanted to throw up. Mm. And I get up and I looked at them and I just felt judgment. I felt like you don't belong here. All of the things, right? That I've just felt in every aspect of my life. (laughs) And I literally just start crying, bawling my eyes out. And I just fall on the floor. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. And I was thinking about this today. That shaped me yeah. so much because I regret it, not just doing the freaking cheer. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so that shaped so much because I think at one point, so for a long time, I had so much shame about that. Mm-hmm. I never even told people about that for years and years and years. And then when I started talking about it, there was power in that, which sure. we're going to talk about. But also, I think what it did is it made me say, I don't ever want to feel that way again. Mm. I don't ever want to like not even just put myself out there and do it. Yeah. And so over the years, I think that has been the catalyst for me. When somebody has said to me, like, I get a phone call, you know, Brian wants you to preach on Sunday morning. And I've never preached before. It's 645 in the morning and I have to preach at 745. Oh, dear Lord. And I just go okay. Right. Or like, you know, speak in front of thousands of people, do this, do that. Someone dared me. That's how I started the cafe. Right. Right. Like I dared me to do it. Yeah. And I was like, what? Okay. I'm going to do it. And if I fail, if I, whatever, but I'm not going to feel this way again. Right. Interesting. I never really made that connection before. And there's other examples that I thought of that I'll share, but yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. So what he talks about, he talks about a lot of things in this book. It was really, really interesting, but he talks about how there are like four main kinds of, or types of mm. regrets. Mm-hmm. So there's the foundation regrets. So these are the ones that like affect regrets surrounding our education or finances, um, failure to be responsible, conscientious, mm-hmm. things like that. So I, those are foundation like An regrets. example of that would so be- So for me, an example of that would be, I never finished my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. I would have loved, I would love to finish my bachelor's yeah. degree. I can't justify it now mm-hmm. having, you know, I'm months away from two kids in college. Mm-hmm. I can't justify that expense. But I also do think that that regret mm. is what has pushed me into the field that I'm in now. Yeah. Absolutely. Into positive psychology, because my degree was going to be in psychology um, and I just didn't finish it. And so I think that's why Mm. I like to get as much education as possible around, you know, these subjects that I really, really enjoy now. Yeah. Because I can't I can't undo it. Right. I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. And I can't justify the expense of college right now. So this is how I use that. So that's that's an example of a foundation regret. Your cheerleading story is an example of boldness regret. Yes. Boldness regret. I love this category. This is when oftentimes boldness regret involves inaction. Mm-hmm. 
It's when we didn't show up you, in the world the way we wanted to. Cry. <laughs> yep. We didn't. Yeah. It's the chances we didn't take. Yeah. And sometimes the boldness regrets are the seem to be some of the most haunting. Oh yeah. Of them. Because there was an opportunity, and you didn't take it. Right. And like, who knows? It's one of those. Your I think your mind just continually plays like, what if? Like the cheerleading thing is as simple. Is it? Is it? I was a fourth grader, right? Like in right cheerleading fourth grade cheerleading but like there are some things boldness regrets that we go but if I um if I had yes that's exactly I did that like how would my life be different today exactly and I stepped out and done that thing and here's the problem with that and and that can fall in so Yes, boldness. I would lump it even to a bigger category of inaction regrets Mm -hmm. because an inaction regrets can happen in a couple of these categories Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. But in the inaction regrets, we imagine a future had we done the thing. Yeah. Right. We imagine a future based on had we done the thing, what it would look like and what do we do? We imagine that future to be better than where we are so now. So much better. So What's much better. We romanticize it. Do you remember what that is? Oh, I don't There's remember. There's a word for it. But, but... We, we romanticize yeah. it, right? We think it would have been incredible. The fact of the matter is it might not have. Right. But we will never know. That's right. And so we turn it into this thing that maybe it never would have been. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's what inaction regrets and it's, do. And it's torture. Oh, it's absolute torture. Yeah, no question. And some, sometimes it's like, had I married that person, well, so my life would yes. be like, oh, I would have all of these things. Had I married a doctor, had I married a, you know, whatever. And we just go there and then yeah. we, we, it robs us of living the life we're yeah. living. And when it comes to things like, had I married this person instead of that person, that falls under the category of connection regrets. Mm. So connection regrets are those that involve relationships that either didn't happen or that fizzled out or just never quite developed into what it could have been. Right. Or, you know, any, anything that happens within a relationship that makes us feel a loss. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. He spends a lot of time talking about connection regrets. Those Connection regrets and moral regrets seem to be the biggest ones, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what he talks about with the connection regrets, he he kind of follows this woman in, in the book um, who had this really, really close friend through college, high school and college. They were super tight. And then after college, they kind of just like drifted apart like friends do. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's been 25 years. Mm-hmm. Right. And now this could be my story. This could be anybody's story. Yes. This could totally be my story. So now it's been 25 years yep. and I still think about that friend. Mm-hmm. Right. But now it's like, oh my gosh, it's been so long. Yeah. How weird would it be if I just reached out to her now? Like that's going to seem so random. And then of course you run the risk of rejection, which nobody likes. Right. right? And so what do you do? You don't you reach don't out. Do you don't reach out. And then the longer it is, oh, the, more the worse it, is. it gets and exactly. the harder it is to do it. And mm-hmm. what he has found time and time again, and study after study after study has proven this, is that when you reach out more than 90% of the time, mm-hmm. that person is thrilled. Yeah. Thrilled that you did. Yeah. Regardless of what happened. Yeah. They're thrilled that you did. And so if you're thinking of somebody right now, like, I haven't talked to them in so long and I don't know what happened there, but I would have loved to, 
I don't know. I just want to reconnect. Yeah. Do it because I guarantee you they're going to be thrilled that you did. Yeah. Yeah. And you, that makes me think of um, a few months ago, six months or so ago, somebody asked the question. Um, I don't even remember where I was, but it was like kind of a getting to know you kind of an icebreaker thing or I don't know. And it was like, who was the person that impacted you the most when you were a teenager? Mm -hmm. And immediately my brain went to Cade Ward Goss. And she was like, she was like a gu guidance counselor. And this is interesting. She was like a guidance counselor, but she wasn't really a guidance counselor. The school had guidance counselors. She was the director of this organization called Shalom. Okay. And she had a room in the school and you could come to her and talk to her about whatever. And she helped me through some of the most traumatic times of my life. Mm. Okay. That was 30 five years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was in, over 30 years yeah. ago when I was in high school. Um, so I just kept doing the, like, I really want to reach out to her and say, man, you mean, you meant so much to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you like, I don't know that I would have gotten through high school. Honestly, you know, I was like yeah. suicidal when I yeah. was in high school and, and she was such a rock for me. And so a few months ago, I just reached out Did you? and I found her on Facebook and I was like, I don't know if you remember me and, but you know, told her and we did this whole thing and and we're gonna get together for lunch oh yeah that's amazing we ended up we we have to reschedule it actually because she ended up getting covid oh no when we scheduled it yeah but she doesn't live that far from yeah. me and it's crazy so yeah. so crazy and so but here's the thing if i found out that she passed away right and i had not done that yes i would have regretted that absolutely that's a regret of inaction that is a connection right? regret yeah yep yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. I love that. Just think about that. Like who is, who is it for you that maybe you've thought about, maybe it's a family member that you've been estranged from for sure. so long. And sure. you're like, they don't, if they want it, we play these games, right? Like if they want it, if they cared, they would reach, they out, would to reach me, out and yeah. then it just like, and there's the bigger same person. Thing. Yeah. But Do you it. know, what's interesting. So I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about this mm -hmm. on here. So I have a person in my life that was very close we were very close for a number of years mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we weren't mm. and I don't really know what happened there. There was no big blow up. I, I don't know what happened, mm. but at the time it was really hard for me mm. because I don't trust people real easily. Right. And like, like we've talked about this before, very yeah. few people get full Selena, right? Well, this person got full Selena. Mm. And so for that to suddenly disappear makes me feel incredibly vulnerable. Yeah incredibly and not Gosh. in a good way. Right. And when I think back on that friendship now, well, no, let me start here. There are many times that I think I should reach out to them. Mm. We should just get together for coffee. Yeah. I sh it's been years now, years. I should reach out to them. And then when I think back and get real about what that friendship was like, mm. I'm reminded of why I shouldn't. Interesting. So I, I think the moral of that story is if you are going to reach back out to somebody, make sure they're a healthy person to reach back mm -hmm. out to or healthy for you. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, especially when we're talking about family members, you know, it, it gets so muddy, it gets yeah. so cloudy and you know you're you're estranged for a reason nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when if with friends that with friendships, it's different. Yeah, sometimes they just fizzle. There's and seasons, I think yeah. there's seasons exactly, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but just make sure you're 
you're not romanticizing what it was. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. I, I had to remember like, actually this person betrayed me mm. a number of times in different ways. And while I could probably reach out to them and they would be thrilled and we would have coffee and whatever, mm-hmm. I don't want to open myself back up to that possibility. Yeah. And so that, that pull in my heart, I needed to check. Mm. Yeah. That's really good because I think it's also thinking about who you were, say it was 20 years ago. I am a completely different mm-hmm. person from who I was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Right. And so that is something to really consider yeah. is, is, and now people also change. Absolutely. So you don't know. Oh, but, no question. But that's a, yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Cause you don't need to make things great with everyone. With everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was getting at. So yeah, just, just take the rose colored glasses off when you're looking back on that relationship before you reach back out again. Right. Yeah. When it's something as simple as, as yours, where this was somebody who was meant something so dear yeah. to me, and I wanted that's to a no brainer, right? That's a no brainer. Right. Um, but sometimes it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. I think the other thing that really complicates things is when the person is no longer here. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. When you have regrets of, that are inaction or action, right? Like something you did or said something you didn't do or didn't say, that's really hard when the person is no longer alive. Oh yeah. I've had to really deal with some stuff in, uh, <laughs> in therapy yeah. regarding that. But I found one of the things to be most helpful is talking about it. Yes. Right. With some, with someone and just saying like, man, this happens that mm-hmm. I think, and that's, I think Daniel Pink talks about that, right? Like being a, a big part of how to move forward. Yes. Um, so it's, it's that, but also writing the person a letter. Mm has been so incredibly therapeutic in some cases don't I know you already know if you listen to this podcast I'm a little crazy but like sometimes even sitting like yeah and having a I've had to do that like with my grandmother right mm-hmm. who I had a great relationship with but there were just some things um that uh yeah so just like I sat out back on my patio one day nobody none of the neighbors were out and I just had a conversation with her yeah right yeah. and just um to like yeah and, but also I think it's self-compassion, right? Starting oh my with, goodness. Like when you feel regret, okay, stop, pause, feel it. Yes. It's a powerful transformational emotion. Yes. If, if used the and right way. And it can be used for good. Yes. Yes. And so it starts that whole thing. We talk about this all the time. That whole model of flourishing starts with self-awareness. Okay. What? Okay. I feel regret. What do I regret? Why do I feel regret? regret what happened sit with that emotion yeah then have self-awareness well of course self-compassion yeah sorry then have self-compassion well of course you know because Mm -hmm. if it was years ago you're a teenager like I just didn't know I didn't whatever yeah um or yeah I was a jerk and I've grown a lot and then it moves into that place of just like that self-care and that self-care piece comes in when you're able to say okay what can I learn from this? Yeah. In light of this, yeah. what do I want to do differently moving yeah. forward? And that's when you yes. picture kind of like your future self, Yes, right? You, yep. you envision the person that you want to be. Yeah. The, the character and all of those things you want to have, the, the quality human being you want to be. Yeah. And then say, okay, so man, I, I feel this emotion. This is going to lead to change. Like I'm not going to do that again. Right. Because I don't want to feel this way. Again. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it can be so, so. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. So one of the things he talks about was in this, in this area, when we're talking about regret, this is actually an area where the words at least Mm. can be very helpful. Yes. We can at least a regret at Mm. least it's this, like you talked about people like who, um, connection regret, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I hadn't married this person, Mm. but at least I have my kids Mm. to at least the situation is actually very helpful. Now, any other time you're going to hear us say, do not at least people do not do that to them. That is not empathy. yourself, but do not do it to someone else. Empathy never says at least. Yeah. But Mm. in this area of regret, it's actually quite helpful. And again, I wouldn't, recommend you say it to somebody who is processing their regret right but, yeah right but the other thing that he talks about and and this was so fascinating because I did it myself this week before I even read it mm-hmm. um he talks about separating yourself yourself at that time from the situation mm-hmm. so that you can have compassion for them now I thought this was incredible because literally the night before I read this I had a conversation with somebody we were talking about all kinds of things. And I, I had said to her, yeah, there, there are times where I think I can't believe I said that. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I thought that I can't believe I taught that. Yeah. You know, I I just, and it's a regret, Mm -hmm. no question. Yep. And what I said to her was, I said, but I didn't know anything else. Right. So there's the, of course, right? Yeah. Of course I did those things. I didn't know anything else at the time. And then I said to her, and I, I, again, I hadn't read this yet. Then I said to her, I can have compassion for her, for that. Mm. I can have compassion for that version of Selena in that time. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things he talks about. Having a third person moment. Mm to separate yourself and have compassion for that person at that time yeah. or that version of who you were at that time. So, so I read that and then patted myself on the back. Cause I was like, look at me. I already knew this, but I didn't know I knew it. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> I know I was, I was actually quite like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I just did that. Awesome. Yes. So remove yourself mm-hmm. so that you can have compassion mm-hmm. for who you were at that time mm-hmm. in whatever that regret was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We didn't talk about moral regrets, but he talks a lot about moral regrets. And Hmm. those are the times where obviously like we just, we go off track, right? Like things where we just set our morals aside, whether it's cheating on a test or your spouse or theft or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. man, moral regrets are the worst. Mm -hmm. They are tough to get over. They really, really are. They are tough. It's so funny because I was trying to think about a regret I've had. And I'll, I, again, having a hard time coming up with stuff. And I remembered one time when I was in, I want to say ninth grade, so it would have been like 14, 15, um, in Spanish class. So I was <laughs> ninth or 10th grade. I don't remember. Like, but I was in a Spanish class that was buck wild. This teacher had zero control over this class oh boy. whatsoever. None. It was a free for all. Uh It was just, we learned almost nothing because the students would like yell at her and she'd yell back and they'd argue all class. Like it was 
I'm telling you, fuck wild. And there was a girl, we sat, myself and a bunch of my friends sat closer to the back of the classroom. And there was a girl there who comes from a very Italian family. Like, I don't know that her parents speak English. And if they do, it's very, very broken. So Spanish was a cinch for her, Mm. a cinch. And she used to help everybody like during a test. Because again, there was always chaos and commotion in this classroom. So she could sit back there and say out loud the answers and those around her would hear it. And I I am an incredibly principled person, Mm. sometimes to a fault. And so I would never, I I would just ignore it. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I I really actually do want to know how to speak Spanish. And one time, one time. I cheated Hmm. one time I was like, yo, what is this? And she told me and that was it. And that one time the teacher heard it. No, I know. Like what the heck, what the heck? And she was, she took my test away from me. And I was like, are you serious right now? Do you have any idea what happens in this classroom? Are you really going to hold me to this? Oh, it wasn't a shock. It wasn't a shock at all. Everybody I'm telling you. The classroom was buck wild. Okay. And I think she let me retake the test separately at another time because I argued my way down from it. But I still remember that because that's not like me. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't, I, I mean, seriously, that's the one time I can remember ever yeah. cheating on a test ever. I, so you're making me think of it, not cheating on a test, but just moral. Like I... I grew up a certain way, got pregnant when I was 18 years old with Jason, not, not planned pregnancy at all. Um, and I had a plan for my life, right? I was in college. I was in my Mm -hmm. freshman year of college and just like everything turned upside down and then, okay. So now, and I remember like initially being bitter and Mm. being like, oh my gosh, like, Mm this child is now going to like, my life is over basically is what I felt. Right. And then I remember getting to a place where I, it was like, no, I actually got my stuff together Mm. because now I have this little baby who is depending upon me. And then it was also this resolve of like, I am not going to raise my son the way that I was raised. Mm. And, um, I didn't want to have regret. Yeah. I didn't want to look back and be like, Oh, I just repeated the same crap that, that, you know, happens to me. Um, but as much as I made that resolve, I found myself. Yeah. Uh, like I, I say this all the time where these moments of like these out of body experiences where I would look down on myself, I would be screaming like a maniac mm. at my kids. And it, because, and it was like, literally, I felt like my head popped off and a monster would just like emerge from my mm. body. That's tr- truly yeah. like, I would yeah. be like, stop screaming, stop saying these horrible things, stop, like control yourself. And I just couldn't Yeah, like, they would just push my buttons and I would lose my mind. I told you the story oh, yeah. like this season oh, yeah. about, I threw an entire gingerbread house out. Yes. Window, right. <laughs> we decorated this ginger house, gingerbread house. And I just got so mad one day because they didn't listen to me. They were eating stupid candy. And I opened the front door and threw the gingerbread house and it smashed all over. And I watched their faces 
I mean, this was a massive gingerbread house that we had worked on for a really long time. And I watched their faces just devastated and so like heartbroken and they're crying and like, how could I have thrown the gingerbread house out the door? And I was like, talk about regret, mm. like moral regret, regret. I was like, who am I? Yeah. I am a monster. I am the worst mother in the world. Mm -hmm. As much as I have said, I do not want to be this person. Look, I was like, <laughs> no self-compassion. And then again, it was just one of those moments of going, okay, wow, I regret this. I regret this big time. Yeah. What's going on here? Why am I so full of rage? And then that led me to getting into therapy to start working on, like, mm -hmm. I, my heart was angry. I had so much unresolved anger from my childhood that yeah. I was then projecting onto my kids. And it was, it was a turning point. It was one of those, like, you've got to deal with the anger inside of you. Do the work, right? Yeah. So that yeah. you don't feel this way anymore. Yes. And then I'm not saying from then on, I became, you know, no, perfect but you were on the right track. But yeah, it definitely, definitely helped. And it was, it was transformational because yes. I leaned into that regret instead of just like burying it or self-medicating or doing like all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, and that's the beauty tomorrow. of action regrets. Yes. Right. Action regrets. We can often do mm. something about, right we can fix it or we can make restitution yes. in some way. Action regrets, we can kind of like, okay, I did this. Mm -hmm. So now moving forward, I'm going to do this instead because I regret that, right? We can somehow change it in yeah. a way, whether it's in the future or making restitution for that thing in that time, yeah. right? It's the inaction regrets that are the hardest. Mm -hmm. Those are the hardest and ones you didn't say. exactly the things you the things, didn't say, and that's what they talk about all the time. Is you know when you talk about um, I, they, everybody references. I don't know when or where this came out, but this one nurse, hospice oh, yeah. nurse, she wrote a book about it. Yeah, and and how it's always I wish I would have. Yeah, or I wish I wouldn't have. Bed. Or I, you know, it's always I wish I would have taken the trip. I wish I would have started the business. I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time at work. Yeah, it's. It's the inaction that's so difficult. After she wrote that book, did you hear there were two psychologists that then did a, a crazy study, not with people that weren't just on their deathbed, right? But people mm -hmm. like college students yeah. and like people in, you know, their forties and people in nursing homes or whatever, mm -hmm. right? But it was like a, a, a study, a sample of like the general population and, um, what he found, they found was people's regrets about not living up to the person they ideally wanted to be far outnumbered their regrets about not living up to what they ought to do. Oh, yeah. To please bosses, parents, yeah, expectations. Or let's, Ooh. let's substitute ought for should. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We far more regret. Yeah. Who we ideally want to not being who we ideally want to be. Right then we do who we think we should be. Yeah. But then think about that. We really need to take the time to think about who our ideal self is. Right. This is, and this is something I, and I'm sure you do too. I use it all the time in coaching. What does your best self look like? Yeah. What would your best self do? do. Yeah. Five years from now, yep. you are your best self. What is she like? Mm -hmm. What does she do? What does she not do? And if we don't know that, we don't have a North Star yeah. to guide us in those things. But man, 
like if anything became clear in in reading this book about regret and listening to the podcast and just processing it mm-hmm. it's live your freaking life yes yeah live your freaking life don't live somebody else's idea for it yep. don't live what you think it should be be the person you want to be yeah not the person anybody else wants you to be because that's what you're going to regret right i think for me with the parenting piece too it was thinking about like when I'm no longer here, what do I want my kids to say about the kind of mom I was? Mm. Right? Yeah. And that you can apply that to so many different areas. What do I want my husband to say about the kind of wife that I was? Mm-hmm. What do I want, uh, you know, to, and yeah, I could go off on a tangent there. But I, I think that that's important to really identify because that will be your indication of your ideal self. Well, Absolutely. I want them to say, I was, you know, like I listened to them. I cared about them. I embraced their uniqueness. I made them laugh, right? I created memories with them, that type of stuff. And then, you know, the other thing that's very interesting, I really dug deep today to try to think about when this actually happened to me. But a number of years ago, I don't remember how many years ago. I don't know if it was a book that I read or something that happened which is weird that I can't remember because it was so such a turning point in my life. I remember resolving to treat people and speak to people as if it is the last time I was going mm, to talk yes, to them. Yes, that's good. So I like never hang up the phone. My kids have never, ever, ever once had a conversation with me on the telephone or my family members yeah. and my close friends where I don't say I love you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It even feels a little hokey sometimes. Like I do it with you all the time. Oh, yeah. Like we're hanging up the phone. I'm like, love you. Um, because think about this. When someone when you get news that someone passed away, mm-hmm. what is the first thing you think about? When was the last time I talked to them? And what did they say? Yeah. Yep. We automatically go to, oh, I just talked to them, you know, whatever. And oh, this is what they said. You hear people mm-hmm. say it all the time. No, it's I just, true. I talked to somebody the other day who lost a loved one and they said, oh yeah. And, and I had just talked to them the night before and they said X, Y, Z. And I was like, oh, what if we all lived our lives like that? Yeah. We would have so fewer regrets. Oh my goodness. If yes. we actually treated a person and spoke to a person as if it was the last time we would ever talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I'm not saying I do that every time, but that has been kind of like a rule of, of life for me. Mm. Um, no, that's good. So, so, so many years. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember a friend of mine getting really sick mm. and it was becoming obvious that she, she was going to die. Mm. And we hadn't talked in maybe three months or more. Mm. And I mean, we were close prior to that, had gone on trips together and all kinds of stuff. And I remember thinking, it's going to be so weird if I just call her. Yeah. But I did. Did you? I did. I called her and she tried to convince me that she's not that sick and oh, it's yeah. just bronchitis and I'll be fine. fine. And, and that was not the case. I remember this. And I had a, I had a good conversation with her <laughs> and I was able to say, you know, I don't, know what happened but I just need you to know that I love you mm-hmm. and if you need anything mm-hmm. like at all I please yeah don't hesitate and she was gone yeah like two a week later. two weeks later yeah. yeah but I made the call mm. 
That's so I good. wasn't going to do it. And that is so awkward because you would fight against like, oh, she's going to think I'm just calling because I know she's dying. Right? Well, or and you like, know what then? So what? That's right. So what? So what? Because how much better do you feel knowing? And again, if you are saying, if you're listening to this, to this and you're thinking of examples where you didn't pick up the phone and call and the person is no longer here, that's okay. It's okay. Write them a letter. Like yeah. do what you have to do. Talk to somebody about it. Well, I was going to just say, tell somebody about it. Yeah. Self-disclosure when it comes to regret can be very healing. Mm-hmm. When you just talk about it, it loses some of its power. It does. And, and the process that, you know, he, he recommends in this is that sequence of self-disclosure and then self-compassion, mm-hmm. right? Of course I didn't reach out. Yeah. It just felt awkward and that's human, you yeah. know? And then self-distance, take a step back, third person, the situation, Yeah. right? And just, okay, I have compassion for her. Yeah. For that version of myself during that time. It, it, it's just, it's human nature, you know? And so when we can do those things, it really can allow us to use regret to help us move forward. It's that idea of looking backward to help us move forward as opposed to just looking backward to make ourselves miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yep. But yeah, I, I'm thinking about there's, I started following Liz and Molly mm, on Instagram. Um, they, they do these uh, really cool kind of caricature things. Um, okay. They're into like mental health and self-help yeah. and all of these things. They're amazing. Um, but it, it, this one caption says, or it's one post says, when a friend makes a mistake, it's like, so half of the thing says when a friend makes a mistake and the other half of the, uh, the other side of it says when I make a mistake. Yeah. So when a right. friend makes a mistake, you say, try not to be so hard on yourself. The world isn't going to end. Mm-hmm. When you make a mistake, you tend to say, oh my gosh, the world is ending. Um, the other one I loved, it's this picture of like a scuba diver diving down into the like depths of the ocean and there's a pearl in an oyster shell okay. at the bottom and it says when you dive into your regrets you might find pearls of wisdom and just make sure to come back up again mm, that's good but I love that and then the the caption says your regrets can help you make different better decisions in the future learn from them but then try to move forward without ruminating I think that's yes. like, what you said earlier, right? Yep. Like, don't get, don't get, don't stuck, get stuck in there. it. Have self-compassion. What can I learn from this? And then move forward. How can I take this to allow it to shape my, shape me into my ideal, yes. my ideal version of myself? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's perfect. And I love, you know, I love the way he kind of like sums it up, you know, when it's an action regret, mm-hmm. here's what you do, mm-hmm. undo it as best you can, mm-hmm. right? Apologize, make amends, repair the damage, whatever you can do to undo it. And then at least it, mm. at least I have X, Y, Z, at least it wasn't. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then again, for an inaction regret, and, and really you could use this for any regret, but that, that process of self-disclosure, self-compassion, mm-hmm. and then that self-distancing. Now, another thing he really talks about that I think we should just touch on is anticipating regret when it comes to decision-making. Yes, I love that. I love this. Mm -hmm. Anticipating regret when it comes to decision-making. Yes. 
What's so interesting about that is it's not cut and dry Mm -mm. because anticipating regret with decision-making can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. It can also make us crazy. Yep. And so he talks about the difference between maximizers and satisficers. Hmm. Now I learned about this in positive psychology when I was in school for all of that. And I loved this idea. Maximizers are the people who won't do something until it's like perfect. They're trying to maximize the situation. Like I'll do it mm-hmm. when it's this, 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 yep. this, and this, and it's got to be perfect. Your dad, it's exactly. And, yep. Satisficers hmm. are the people. And I am saying that correctly. Satisficers. Mm-hmm. Satisficers are the people who will look at something and go, you know what? Good enough. Let's move forward. Yes. Right. And all the time, all the time, satisficers are infinitely happier than maximizers and have less regrets, have less regrets about their decisions. That's right. I remember this, like being, I was so dedicated to my job. So I was a pastor and I was like, so, and it w- it took a long time. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I'm working for God. Right. <laughs> so like all in and I was giving my life away and my soul away. And like, I was, it was yeah. crazy. And then I remember kind of getting to a point where I was like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. And I think of an example, um, my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and it had been months into his diagnosis and he was not doing well, probably a year into his diagnosis and he was not doing well. And I was working on a really, really important project at, at work mm-hmm. in the church. And I remember my godmother called me and said, your dad was just taken to the ER. Now he lived two hours from me, mm-hmm. right? A good two hours of hospital. I think it was even further. And I remember in that moment going, well, you, you don't even know, like he's, he'll, he'll probably be fine, but you know, and so just wait till you find out more. Cause you've got work to do. Like, this is important. People are counting on you and blah, 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 blah. And I remember just getting a case of the ethics and going, um, no, yeah. Because in that moment, I asked myself the question, which one will I regret more? Oh, right. Will I regret not being with my father when he is probably scared out of his mind? Or will I regret regret that I left on, you know, and didn't get that project completed? Absolutely. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And so I said I looked at everybody, I said, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> yeah. My car. I drove two hours. And my dad was like, you didn't have to come. You didn't have to. But then he looked at me and he said, but I'm so glad you're here. Mm. I can, I could not imagine being here without you. Yeah. And so, oh, so many, but I think about, I think I did that because there were times I made the other choice. Yeah. And regretted it. Specific time, making another choice, missing a friend's wedding over like, and just going the the pain and shame and regret and like all of the like negative emotions that I felt. Yeah. I don't ever want to feel that way again. And so when we look back on the past, yeah. I can go, I should have. And then I can go, okay, so in the future, what if I yep. now make a better choice? Exactly. Let that inform. Exactly. Yes. And just as a general aside, when it comes to work, hmm. you're not that important. Yes. I don't care what your job Get is. Over your you're not self. that important. That's if right. you were to die tomorrow, they would replace you in two weeks. Yeah. You would be replaced in two weeks. Yep. Christine, who? Show up for the people. Exactly. Show up for the people in your life. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> man, if that's ever a choice to make, mm-hmm. pick the people. Don't pick your work. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't care who you are. Yep. You're not that important. Or what you do. No, it doesn't matter. Yep. 
It doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, this is a good conversation. It is. Regret can be a good thing. We don't need to run from it. We just need to optimize it. Yeah. Let How it, can we use it. this to make us better? Yeah. 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 Don't ruminate. Disclose it. Tell somebody. Talk about it. Have compassion for yourself. Look at yourself from outside the situation and then make a different choice next time yeah. or amend what you can amend. That's right. But, That's right. But don't live in a place of regret. That's right. Yeah. It's so good. Regret makes us human and it makes us better. It does. Oh, good conversation. Yes. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. Yes. See you next week.